Hello, I'm Faisal Tearing. Welcome to the Calibre podcast brought to you by Watches of Switzerland. Today's episode is an exciting one. CEO of the Watches of Switzerland group, Brian Duffy, sits down with Olympic snowboarder and friend of Tag Heuer, Amy Fuller. Amy talks about her partnership with Tag Heuer and some of her Tag Heuer timepieces that resonate with her. She also tells Brian about her latest challenge, training for the London Marathon, her drive to complete it and the journey to overcome this mammoth undertaking. So hello everyone, uh, welcome uh, to the Watchstar Switzerland uh, podcast, the latest in our additional podcasts. Uh, delighted to bring you um, lots of information in the world of watches and lots of variety with what we do and uh, today no exception because uh, today we have a wonderful guest, uh, Amy Fuller. Amy, thank you for uh, joining us. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, our pleasure. Uh, delighted to, and look forward to the, the, the chat. Amy Fuller, as I'm sure uh, many of you know, is an accomplished athlete and a, a pretty unusual discipline for, uh, uh, for the UK and uh, snowboarding. Um, lots of accomplishments. Number one, the 2012 Anil Pleasure Jam semi-final in the, the Soki Winter Olympics and uh, number one uh, 2017 uh, British Championship slope style and also number one British Championship uh, big air so a lot of, a lot of uh, really wonderful accomplishments in, uh, in snowboarding and so the, the big question on my mind uh, Amy coming from uh, uh, the home counties uh, originally of, uh, of England how did you manage to get into snowboarding? Snowboarding, very, very good question. Um, so it started out with motocross for me. Um, the process of reading lines and transition uh, started at a very young age. Um, I had a quad bike, which is four wheels at the age of four, uh, a motocross bike at six. Um, so I was exposed to uh, the highs of speed from quite a young age. Mixed that with gymnastics for two years, aged 10 to 12. Um, I may have been the elephant of the gymnastics group, <laughs> but <laughs> let's put that behind us. And skiing from the age of four on uh, a dry ski slope in Bromley. You kind of combine the mixture and you have the perfect combination to formulate a professional snowboarder. There you go. And, uh, and you've taken it from there, from an artificial ski slope in Kent, and you finish up at the Olympics. Yeah, crazy. Standing uh, at my second Olympics in Pyeongchang last year was definitely a highlight. It's amazing if you set your mind uh, to something, how achievable it can be with a little bit of graft and hard work. I remember one thing my dad said to me uh, was age 15, actually. So the year before my career in snowboarding kind of kicked off, he was like, why don't you why don't you just focus on one sport rather than like 10? You know, I, I was the girl at school that did the lacrosse, the hockey, the basketball, any sport that was available. I, I, I wanted to do all of it. And I think that's what's, what's essentially helped me in my career. But um, my dad just said that to me and it, it clicked in my brain. And I was like, yeah, I, I really like snowboarding. So uh, let's, let's try and make a go of this. And it was when I was 16 I got noticed and picked up my first sponsor and uh, it's kind of been a well whirlwind from there. My first trip to Switzerland, age 16, and uh, I've now been snowboarding professionally for 11 and a half years. So. Yeah, and is it this, what is it? This, is it the thrill of the speed or the challenge of the, the balance? What is it that turns you on so much about snowboarding? I think it's the opportunity for creativity 
Uh, It really isn't a sport that fits in one box. There are many different types of snowboarding. I can go snowboarding with my friends and have a great day, but I can also go up on the mountain, push boundaries and progression and really train to push my body and my mind into new realms. Mm. Um, and, and it's all about the creativity, uh, creating new tricks, new style, trying to look different and separate yourself from the other riders. That's, that's what's different about our sport. You could watch 10 different riders and no one person will do the same thing mm. as they drop in on that Olympic run. So it's about progression and being different. Yep. And I think I think that's the attraction for me. Yeah, and uh, obviously kind of personal style and, you know, think in terms of how you perform and so on. And I can see that in snowboarding. I mean, skiing is more than anything. It's just get to the bottom of the piste as quick as you can and try not to fall over. But snowboarding has got a lot more, as you say, creativity and imagination to it. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's accessible and relatable to the public as well. So it makes us less alien in terms of athletes. I think the term athlete and Olympics can be quite alien to, um, you know, your everyday person who's into their fitness and sport. Um, anyone can snowboard, anyone can ski as well. Um, and it's the boundaries between having fun on the slopes, but also progression that makes it such a unique sport. Yeah. I mean, we could, we could go snowboarding, and I'd still have. Um, I'm sure, we'd have a great day. <laughs> you would. Uh, you would have a lot of time waiting at the bottom. Uh, you, you, you'd have to. You have that, to take a book with you to. Uh, that that pass means time. more time to eat goulash soup for yeah. me. <laughs> I, uh, I I love skiing. I love the mountains. I've actually still got a place in Switzerland. Oh, amazing! On the uh, the piste in uh, Villar. <clears throat> If you know Vilar, it's kind of on your way to uh, to Verbi. I've I've right. actually never been there, but I have spent um, yeah some some time in Switzerland. I I am a fan of the yep. mountain range there. Yep. Lax, my favourite in particular. Have you ever been there? Actually, no. I, I so I lived in Geneva for a while, and while we were there, we bought and I used to go around Geneva. So you'd go to Chamonix or yeah or Ligier or. Uh, the places that were near, nearby, and then we bought a place in the Villar on the Swiss side, and that's kind of where we've been ever since. Amazing. But, uh, yeah, where I started skiing in the uh, Glenshee. I've been, been a, I've been, uh, I've been to Glenshee. Uh, uh, I would describe it more as heather boarding yeah. <laughs> rather than snowboarding. But actually, saying that, one of the best days I've ever had snowboarding was back in 2012, and there was a contest on the Cairngorms. And it was in April. It was one of the best seasons they had ever had. And it was sunny. And mm. the atmosphere and euphoria around the whole event and afterwards down in the town was like nothing I've ever experienced. Yeah. So I think when it's good in the UK, it's so special because yeah. because it's rare. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. And the number of days I had in Glenshee, sitting in puddles and <laughs> eating cold sausage rolls and whatever. Thinking, this isn't the... Uh, this isn't Classic the, Britain. Yeah. That's what separates yeah, us from but, everyone else. But we keep going. Good old spirit. Keep calm and just carry on. Uh, we are going to talk about watches at some point. So, Fantastic. So uh, bringing in Switzerland was a was a good segue to it all. But I should have said up front that uh, the reason I'm, uh, I have Amy here as my guest is that you're... You're now officially a friend of the Tag Heuer brand. 
And uh, that happened when? When did you sign up with TAG? That was just before the last Olympics. It was November 2017. So I'm really excited to be on board and going into my second year as uh, a friend of the brand here in the UK. Uh, I consider myself very lucky to be a part of, um, yeah, such a forward thinking, progressive uh, brand. It's it's a huge honour. Yeah, no, great. I'm glad you feel that way. It's a, it's a great brand for us here in the Watch the Switzerland group. It's one of the biggest brands in the UK. Um, it's a brand that uh, has got great uh, attitude about it. The, the line which they've had since the 90s, don't crack under pressure. I'm sure you can really personally say. Yeah, 100%. It really fits my motto and my beliefs uh, as an athlete and everyday life. Uh, more often than not, I find it sliding into everything I do. And I just find that, yeah, it's so fortunate that it's such a good fit because it's really fitting of my personality. Yep. And um, some of the upcoming things I'm currently working on. Yeah. And <clears throat> Tag's whole... Uh, history for a, a, a lot a lot of their history it was the Howard company not the tag company uh, only became tag Howard in the, I think in 1991 uh, tag is a technique uh, avant-garde uh, which really describes what they're about as well they are very progressive in their design they're very progressive in their attitude uh, but you get into their history it's a lot about sport a lot about uh, you know record breaking and accomplishment and so on uh, great history in, um, in chronographs and uh, great celebrated chronographs like the uh, Steve McQueen uh, Monaco uh, chronograph. And actually, we did a, a podcast with Jack Hower, who's the great grandson of the, the founder, Edward Hower. And uh, if, if anybody would be interested to listen to that, he gives some really great anecdotes and background to Amazing. like the Steve McQueen uh, uh, Monaco like uh, how he came up with the name of the Carrera which was after a, a, another chronograph after the Carrera Panamericana race across Mexico and there's a lot of great sort of romance and uh, and, and sport and I think all encapsulated in, the, in that line don't crack under pressure so I, I think a great one for you to be associated with and just you know sensing your personality you're perfect, uh, perfect for tag if I may say so you, you enjoy. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. a that's a nice compliment coming from yourself. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and joining, a, a, you know, a great uh, stable is not the right word. A great collection of uh, of great friends, inc- including uh, Cara Delevingne and uh, Cameron Diaz, and um, and you know, so many great celebrities. Yeah, I feel like it really does cross a whole field of ranges, uh, coming from sport and speed, as you mentioned, uh, to fashion and. I feel like tag is a perfect place where the two uh, collide. Yep. Um, and I feel like I sit quite nicely in the middle of that. You know, I do enjoy putting on a blazer and a set of high heels, but I do also enjoy charging down the mountain, uh, riding jumps 25 to 30 meters in distance yep. and, um, you know, looking to create world world firsts. Yep. Uh, so... Yeah, it's it's the perfect fit. Yep, no, I, I can see that perfectly, and and honestly, I think a great choice for a, for tag. And in terms of choice, you also chose some uh, some great uh, uh, tag hair uh, products that, that would be nice for us to talk through now. Uh, one of them I mentioned, the Carrera, and uh, one of them you have selected from the uh, Carrera range. Um, yeah, that is uh, the Caliber Nine. Yep. It's my everyday watch. 
I would say 98% of the time, it does not leave the wrist, other than when I'm sleeping. Um, I've actually found that it's a watch that really suits everything I'm doing. Um, It looks fantastic. It's elegant, yet it's also strong. I've I've, I've put it to the test, I can tell you. Um, I do wear it snowboarding, actually, um, and I even wear it in the gym. Um, It's one of those watches that looks like it would, would be fit you know, to just wear on a night out. Yep. But it's actually, I wear it for everything. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. I can't, yeah, can't fault it. And I think it does suit you perfectly. It's exactly what you describe. It's a beautiful, it's a sporty watch. Uh, but at the end, it's also got diamonds. It's got yeah, a, it's sport and glitter. elegance combined. Yep. And, and what I really like about it is the strap. Um, I don't, it allows some good movement in my wrist. I find some some watches like restrict movement in your wrist. And yep. when you are doing sport, um, and I don't like to take off my watch when I'm doing sport because yep. I don't don't want to lose it. Yep. Obviously, it's a valuable piece. So uh, when I'm in the mountains and traveling, rather than just leave it in an apartment in Switzerland or Austria, um, I'd prefer to keep it on my yep. wrist. And uh, that's why why this one is, is probably my favorite right yep. now. Until you then look at the next one that uh, that you chose, uh, this is beautiful blackface uh, link. Yes, I've got the tag her link ceramic. Uh, I love this watch. This is definitely uh, my watch for an evening out. I keep that pristine in the box, and she only comes out on special occasions. Oh, yep. So if you see her out on my wrist, you know it's a special occasion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's slightly right. heavier. Um, so like less versatile in terms of wearing it for sports so I like to keep it for best yeah and, um, and it's a bigger dial I think isn't yeah, it yeah it's, it's a slightly bigger dial yep. so again in terms of movement on the wrist uh, fitting it under gloves yep. etc uh, it's it's better for me for uh, for my events watch yeah and a very I think a real again a beautiful mixture as you've said between sort of style fashion and uh, uh, and sports so really yeah. cool it's um Really it's cool it's more of a, a, I would say, a, a fashionable watch. Yep. Um, and in particular with the colours, uh, it being black, and I've got it in the ceramic, um, I think it looks looks really well of an evening. Yep, Good. I mean, really great choice, and I can see why that suits you very well. And then the last one, the Tag Heuer uh, Connected. Yeah, the Connected. The Connected is a great watch, um, super fun. I've been uh, using that to help track with some of the some of my timings and um it's also really good when you're on the go it's a good it is a good everyday watch um having you know your text messages etc come through uh when you're meant to be engaging in other capacities you can still keep an eye on uh what's going on in the world so i found that very very useful especially when um i've I've been on courses and been engaged over long periods of time it just helps you keep in check with with the world and what's going on so um definitely valuable um but also nice to rein it back to a classic so you know the good thing about that is you can turn it off so you're you're not having all of those notifications come through all the time because it is nice to switch off occasionally but then you have it on your wrist you have that option to turn on the notifications and and be connected with the world it it literally is uh it is what it says that's what it's called and i've got a really really nice clean fresh white strap on mine and uh you can choose various colors uh there's a metal strap as well 
Um, but you can have it from ranging from like hot pink to blue or black. So, um, uh, but for summer, I'm uh, very into the white. All right, that, that again, uh, a very stylish looking. We um, we also had a, a podcast talking about the whole digital world and smart technology and watches. And generally speaking, uh, smart watches with you know luxury Swiss watches really don't don't uh, um, belong in our view. Um, uh, with some exceptions, and the biggest exception actually is Tag Heuer. And what what they did is they had they have a great stylish look, a beautiful case. It's a real watch; you can really appreciate it. But yet they've used all this great smart technology. They've they've partnered with Intel and and did things that are uh, really different. And it, and the only real success in the in connected watches out there has actually been Tag. And I think it's very fitting <clears throat> as Tags, you know, as we discussed. Uh, the sporting history yeah. so I think it really refines well into that group and, and it sits 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 well um, but I, I would I would agree with you I've, I've not seen many other brands pull it off successfully yep um, it, it's perfect if that's what you're into yep and you want to be connected yeah then get do, one on your wrist yeah <laughs> do, do it a bit of style and attitude yeah and, uh, 100% I've had yep. many many comments actually wearing it yeah uh, sat on flights actually you know when your arms dangling in the aisle when you're asleep and yep. um, I've had had multiple um, cabin crew ask me oh what watch is that yeah um, so it, it's it's a standout timepiece for sure yeah and it, I'm repeating myself, but it, they, they really have thought about watch aesthetic and appeal and style in addition to the technology. That's yeah, the big success. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I should say that the only other brand that's had a, a big success and they're connected as, as one from the same group as a tag is Hublot. Oh, yeah. And uh, they use, but they actually did it specifically for the, for the World Cup. Oh, okay. And uh, they did a referee's watch and you were getting notifications of goals and when the game started yeah. and all that sort of thing. But again, it was a really beautiful case, really a chunky watch. So smart technology, but it was a, Very nice. you know, a real nice piece at the same time. So uh, great choices. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be a few others with your uh, uh, relationship with uh, with TAG uh, going. And uh, and just moving ahead um, I understand you're, you're going to run a marathon for the uh, for the first time and do it as part of the uh, the tag team yeah 100% really excited about that opportunity something I've never been able to apply myself before um, as a professional a- athlete coming from a sport which requires fast twitch fibers I am enduring on the marathon so um need to put to work my slow twitch fibers which yep. uh, essentially so far in my career have not really been put to the test the furthest i have ever run uh, was three years ago it was 13 miles for wings for life charity and um, recently i have embarked on increasing my mileage significantly uh, the the last time as i said was 13 miles and, and that was a while ago um two weekends ago I got up to mile 14 it still has been slightly challenging as I am a professional snowboarder I spent the month of January abroad overseas Um, I was filming in Japan for two weeks so that meant no running I then was in the States as well as Salzburg Mm. there wasn't too much snow in Salzburg so I managed to get a 13 and a half mile run done there and then in the States, I did a little bit of altitude training in Aspen. It was minus 10 at 8 a.m. Mm. Got a cheeky 5K in. I would yeah. would have liked to increase the distance, but of course then my priority was my snowboarding. 
Um, and since then I've, I've got up to 14 miles here since I've been in London along the, uh, the glorious river Thames. Yep. Uh, the towpath is fantastic for running. Um, there's a bit of a story though with my marathon journey. So I'm doing it with my mum. It was something that we agreed we would do together. So I asked her the question, uh, back in November if she fancied it and she said, well, yes, if you're going to do it. And I was like, okay, well, if, if you're going to do it, do you want to do it? We, you know, we've talked about it for, for a while. Um, but of course the Olympics, I've never been able to apply myself to the training. Um, it, it's an extreme load physically on your body. Uh, so yeah, we've committed and really excited to be doing it for Cancer Research UK. Um, my mum, I can safely say, is currently ahead in the marathon training. Uh, she actually took the day off work this week. She's very committed to do 17 miles. Um, so yeah, but but I was in Japan for two weeks. That's my excuse. <laughs> so I keep checking her Strava, and I'm like, oh yeah. So this weekend's going to be a big one for me. I'm going to get in get in a long run. Um, how many and weeks have you got to go? I, I believe we've got about 12 weeks. Um, so yeah, it's at the end of April. And uh, actually straight after this, I'm going to sprint out the door because I'm going for a biomechanical assessment as um, I'm potentially enduring on uh, two marathons back to back, which is a bit of a secret. So um, yes, it's not, it's not anymore. Well, yep. but stay tuned for the announcement as to where the marathon's going to be. So, uh, in terms of physical preparation, the gears have been upped this yep. week. So, um, yeah, let the biomechanical assessment, strength training, and endurance um, commence. It's going to be an intense couple of months on the feet. Biomechanical sounds like something that should be happening to a watch. It does, yeah. doesn't it? It yeah. it really does. Just bringing it all back, uh, all back together. Again. Smooth what? smoothness. There you are. Yeah. And uh, what time are you going for? What time are I going for? It's not really about the time. It's about it's about the completion. Uh, we're doing it for my granddad for Cancer Research UK, and um, my nan was also diagnosed with cancer last year. So. Um, and she embodied the spirit 100% of mm. don't crack under pressure. She was diagnosed just as it was announced that I was going to the Olympics and she promised me that she would be there. Uh-huh. And she was three months later and has undergone treatment and is a survivor of cancer. So uh, for us, it's about embodying the spirit of being there, doing it for my granddad who we lost uh, and my nan. So it's, yeah, it's just a, a really unique opportunity to spread awareness um, and represent TAG and run with my mum for um, a charity that we're very passionate about. Yeah, that really sounds wonderful, uh, what you're doing. You and your mum, all the emotion around it with uh, with your grandparents. And I think uh, the London Marathon and, and TAG support of it is uh, wonderful, but it's one of the one most amazing events, I think, in the world, just this sheer effort that people are putting in, the joy, the, the feeling of accomplishment and all. It's, uh, it's a really wonderful event. Yeah, the euphoria around the event is unreal. Uh, last year, I was lucky enough to watch it from the finish line uh, with Tag Her, uh, which was definitely pretty spectacular. I, I, I remember standing in that tent thinking, 
I don't think I'm going to be standing in the tent eating, yep. <laughs> eating and drinking champagne. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be one of those people red faced out there. And uh, that's what inspired me to do it. Yep. So I, it looks like a phenomenal experience and everyone I've spoken to say it's one of the best things they've ever done. Yeah. So it's about put, putting the training in now so um, I can just sit back, enjoy the day and press on. No, great. I'm sure you'll do really great you and your mum together and I'm sure you'll finish up in better shape than I did after my first my first and only marathon was the first ever Glasgow marathon 1982 I bet that was tough it uh, was tough some strong headwinds and light uh, rain yes you can't (laughs) and hills and and whatever and uh, I did 350 which is not bad oh fantastic Uh, but when I got over the line I was so exhausted I laid down and the people are all, you know, traipsing over me. And uh, then the next minute, a couple of old guys are picking me up, putting me in a wheelchair. And I'm saying, you know, really, I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. And they're saying, no, son, we'll take care of you. And they wrap me up in a blanket. And I get wheeled away to the emergency Red Cross, you know, uh, area. And then they put out a call with Mrs. Duffy, come to the emergency cardiac or whatever. Yeah. And I'm in there having soup by this time with some old ladies. And then what I didn't realise, somebody had photographed me while I was lying there. So oh, ne- no. the next day in the Glasgow Herald was a 8 by 10 photograph of me with the headline down and out in Glasgow Green. Oh, no. So, so Man I, down. Yeah, I have the two photographs, one of me crossing the line at 3.50 and the other of me uh, down and out in Glasgow Green. So that was my only Well, I'm sure you'll, you'll find me in a similar position come yeah. the end of April. <laughs> so, somehow I doubt it, but uh, congratulations again. Wonderful uh, wonderful thing to do and for uh, for such a great cause and uh, really pleasure to uh, uh, to have chatted with you today thank you very much for uh, for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure thank yep. you for having me yep good luck with everything that uh, that you're doing um and uh, to our listeners out there thank you for joining us again we have a whole series of uh, podcasts which you can uh, you can find on apple podcast Uh, Any comments you've got, uh, any ideas, any suggestions, please let us know. And uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Calibre Podcast. As always, please do subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. We're now available on Spotify as well as all the usual places you listen to your podcasts.